Amen. Thank you, Kenny. Good morning, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for that late addition. Good. Well, great to be with you. I love singing. Um, I spent most of my career doing music. I became a professional musician at 14 uh, and so spent my whole life helping people sing, uh, helping people dance while they sing, maybe fall in love, um, all those things. But one of the beauties that we get to do while we sing is that we get to sing the truths of God back to each other, to him, to ourselves, and back to each other. I love waking up with Psalm 103. I encourage you to read Psalm 103 as a family today. It just starts with, awake my soul and forget not the benefits of the Lord. That he's slow to anger, that he's abounding in love, that he's a father that has compassion on us, that he's removed sin far as the east is from the west. And Just this conversation David's having with himself saying, wake up to the things of God this morning. And then we can do that together. That's the, the song book of Israel as they sing these songs back and forth, one generation after another, telling the truth of God. Maybe if you grew up in the church, you started singing, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. Anybody know that one? For the Bible tells me so. To our Romanian friend, maybe you sing like, Maybe, right? But we sing these truths. Maybe only, I, I probably butchered that, but Jesus loves little children and he loves the adults too is what that translates. So it's a beautiful thing that we get to do. And, and today as we tell the story and continue telling the story that was passed on from generation to generation, we'll start with a story that I don't know how you learned how to tell right from wrong or how your father told that or as dads how you tell your son to discern right from wrong. But growing up in my household, my dad would tell these things called bad Billy stories. And every night <clears throat> as he would tuck my sister and I in, he would tell us a bad Billy story. And Bad Billy was apparently one of his cousins, but he was a fictional character. And Bad Billy was the extreme worst of the worst. If the lesson was, don't play with fire, Bad Billy was lighting the forest on fire. You'd learn, oh, Billy lit the forest on fire, and we'd all go, oh. And he's like, yeah, and he didn't care. And that's why he was so bad. And there was punishment and consequences. But his sister, if she obeyed what was said and heard she lived a beautiful life and free of pain and so you guys don't be like bad billy and the next night it would be yeah and bad billy stole something from the candy shop and we'd go ah! and and then he had to go and apologize to the shopkeeper and he got grounded and consequences but if you didn't do that you would be free from pain and life would go well for you and with relationships so bad Billy stories became a thing. It was a story of how to behave in the family. It was a story about how to treat one another. And there was punishment and consequences. And, and when I would follow in the steps of bad Billy, there was punishment. I don't know how you were um, treated with consequences in growing up. But was anybody spanked? Raise your hand. Spanked? Oh, yeah, good. That's why you're so good. Maybe you got a timeout. Any timeout people here? That was not my generation. Um, uh, soap in the mouth. Anybody get soap in the mouth? Yes. Heck yeah. Kids are going like, why would you get soap in the mouth? Because you don't talk to your mom that way. Soap in the mouth. Clean that mouth out. 
Uh, I'm Hispanic, and so in my family, my dad would cut up a jalapeno, and he would take the seed, and he would put it on our lips. And you just sit there and endure. Don't be like bad Billy. Jalapeno on the lips. The bad news is we learned to love it, and then we'd get in trouble just so we could have hot again. And so they had to find a different thing. But, but punishment was a reality. And as we continue the story, last night we, we started with the story of faith being that there's a creator. And he existed outside of time and space. His name is Yahweh. And there's none like him. And as we just spent time singing that he's holy, just means he's set apart. He's altogether different. He's not Jesus, or he's not God, my homeboy, but he is altogether different. He's the creator of all things. He's mindful of all things. And he creates with purpose for his worship and delight and his joy. And he creates so that we could be the crown of his creation, that we could be image bearers reflecting him to the world around us and to each other. He creates so that we could have purpose. Not one of you a mistake here this morning. Perfectly designed by the finger of God. Just the way you are. So deeply cared for and loved that he took time to form you before the foundations of the world he thought of you. He formed you in your mother's womb just as you were. And he creates so that we could have relationship with him. The bad Billy stories that come into part two of the story of our faith is this. Is that that perfect relationship that was created got violated because of choice. In Genesis 3, we see that God has created man, and they're enjoying relationship with each other. And he's given man a helpmate called woman. Say woman. And they're enjoying relationship with each other, and they're saying, no way. Look at this beautiful garden that we get to create. And the one rule that was created was to say, you can enjoy all this, but just don't eat from this one tree. And this piece of fruit will lead to death and will lead to separation. But you have the choice, man. You can enjoy this fellowship and this beauty, or you can go after that tree. And in this story of our faith as we begin, the second chapter, is that man makes the wrong choice. We see an uh, insertion of an enemy, not a Decepticon, but a snake. And a snake who begins to question the holiness and character of God. He says, does God really say you can't eat from that tree? And woman says, well, he said we can't eat from it. And she adds and says we can't touch the fruit, which was not what God said. And men and women woefully but clearly decided we'll eat that fruit. And in that fruit becomes consequences. It becomes a separation and a violation of God's law of relationship that is now violated, and now there's separation. We see that sin is what the Bible calls it. Everybody say sin. It literally just means miss the mark. As you're doing archery today, when you miss the target, that is what sin is. The design target for how life was supposed to be right in that bullseye, but you missed the mark. Sin. And in that sin, now man, Adam and Eve have awkwardness and tension between each other. Perfect harmony and relationship to now going accusing and blaming and shame and guilt. Never God's design for them. 
But because they had choice, they eat that fruit and now embrace shame, guilt, and ultimately death. And now there's separation from God. God says, where are you? But God knows everything. So is he going, where in the garden are you? Or is he saying, relationally, where are you now? Where are we? Oh, I wish you hadn't have eaten that fruit. Oh, it separates us. And now I got to kick you out of the garden. And now shame, guilt, pain, frustration, curse enter into the story of our faith. And separation from this holy God who's blameless and can't deal with anything that's unpure says, you got to go. And for five books in the Bible, really our whole Bible that we have, 66 books comprised, we see man continue this cycle of separation from God, violation of God's law, crying out to God, God rescuing, and they rinse and repeat that whole thing for 66 books. Learning how to live but choosing sin and, and we just keep passing on generation after generation. This act that Adam and Eve did. Things that we inherited from our fathers, 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 fathers is sin. And it separates. And so in the fifth chapter or the fifth book of the Bible, a book called Deuteronomy, just means second law, the second telling of God's law, we see that God is a rescuer. And he longs for relationship. But sin is so heavy and painful to man that God in love brings law to say, here's the rules of the road. Here's the bad Billy stories of life. And in that, he gives law. He gives ten law that says, essentially, love me and love other people. Honor your mom and dad. Don't worship other gods before me. Don't kill each other. Is that crazy that hit all right? Don't kill each other? They didn't know. That guy bugs me. Dead. Chapter 4 of Genesis, we see a brother mad with a brother, and he kills the brother. That's not um, rules to remember, kids. But So we see violation of God's law. And so God brings law for them to, to learn how to live in Yahweh's plan, to love one another, to steward creation, to walk with each other, to worship this holy God, and to have relationship with him. And in chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, he says this. After the Ten Commandments, he gives to this generation, by the way, which is a generation of their fathers who had failed to do what God commanded. So this generation dies off, and God says, do better than your fathers did. Here's law so you can have life and flourishing. Sin is crushing, and it separates. But I long for a relationship with you. You were created for me and you to have relationship. And after ten Laws that he gives, the Ten Commandments. In chapter 6, it moves on to say this. To this new generation, Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4. It's called the Shema. Everyone say Shema. Yahweh gives the Shema, and it says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give to you are to be upon your hearts. And generation, impress them on your children and talk to them. Talk with them about that as you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you're at Hume Lake eating milkshakes and when you're canoeing on the lake today. 
to walk with them and talk with them and tell them about the things of the Lord, to tie it as symbols on your hands and bind it on your foreheads, to write it on the door frames of your house and your gates. That God has created you for relationship and, and sin and violation of God's order has separated you. And there's pain and sting and death. But God desires that you have relationship to love the Lord your God. So to remind each other of the story of our faith is that we've fallen short of God's standard. That each one of us is guilty of violating that standard. That that standard being violated separates from the intended design that we were created for, to have relationship with him. And yet in love, he brings law to help guide us and bring us back into right relationship. To love him with all that we are. This word heart means to, to love him with all reason and intellect. Some of you guys have the most beautiful brains here today. I need help with math homework like today. You guys are beautiful creators and you're coding things and you're whittling things even now as we speak. You can love God with your whole intellect and brain this morning. That's God's design. To love him with your soul literally means to love him with your whole being, even your flaws your inadequacies, that you can love him with your whole being. And that you do that so that generation after generation can know the story of our faith. God also creates a system of sacrifice because there needs to be sacrifice to cover for that sin. And so you see for Israel, for hundreds of years, they're sacrificing animals and shedding blood because they need to pay for the penalty of sin. But as we sung today and we'll talk about tonight, a better sacrifice came than any bull or lamb or goat or dove could be. And his name is Jesus. And in this sacrifice, in this law, he also gives a way to worship him. And for hundreds of years, Israel worships him and learns to worship this holy God who's set apart. And as they worship him, they, they come and recognize the Lord is one. He's a great God. He's Yahweh, and yet he's near and longs for a relationship. And it stokes a flame. It's why we're here today talking about him. And so my encouragement this morning is this, is that I'm going to ask Kenny to come up here again. We're going to sing a chorus of that song that we talked about, his mercies. But before we get to mercy, I want everyone to feel the weight and pain and sting of the second part of our story. A creator God creates us for relationship, and we violate that relationship with sin. Have you lied? Have you stolen? Have you thought a wrong thought about somebody else? You violated God's law. You're guilty of sin, and that sin separates you from God. Paul would say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then three chapters later, Romans 6, he would say that the wages of that, the wages of that is death. You and I could never repay for that penalty that we violated. And so we needed rescue. And so before we move to mercy, we have to recognize the sting. Death is what I'm due. Penalty is what I'm due. I have a bankrupt account to pay for that and yet God who's rich in mercy provides a way 
So not the most fun talk this morning, but it's part two of our story. God's creator, created for a relationship. Sin comes in, separates us from God. God gives law to help us have structure to learn how to work with each other and with him. And the reminder for each generation is to remember that story and remember the things of God to remind each other that sin separates, but God is rich in mercy. Sin violates God's law, but God made a way so that we could be made right before him. And we'll talk about that more tonight. Does that make sense? So in the heaviness of sin, we're going to sing of the mercies that have been given to us. And we're going to celebrate that. And men, as you walk today with your sons, remember to share the story of faith that you have. And remember to share the story that is the painful parts of your story, which is the sin that came into your life that separated, that maybe one day woke you up and said, I need rescue. And you found Yahweh there to rescue you. At an age-appropriate way, start inviting your kids into understanding that dad's not perfect, that dad still struggles, but yet Jesus, who was rich in mercy, made a way. Amen?